2: Hey everybody, welcome back to Star Wars Minute. It's our podcast where we cover each and every minute of the movie Star Wars, one by one, in order, and we are precariously perched close to the end of the movie. We are at minute 120. Uh, I am Pete the Retailer from Nerd Geek Dork.
3: I'm Alex Robinson from the Ink Panthers podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff Ayers.
4: I'm the manager for Forbidden Planet in New York City.
2: Yes, thanks. thanks for coming with us, Jeff, on this, this voyage to the end. Um.
4: Thanks for having me. Now here at the end of all things.
2: Yeah, Um, astute listeners will recognize that uh, Forbidden Planet has come up multiple times. uh, I I think on this show and on Nerd Geek Dork, and uh, and you know Jeff and I worked there together for a long time. So glad to have him on the show. And uh, so, like I said, this is minute one twenty, which starts out with the credit for set decorator Roger Christian, and then goes all the way to the credits for Special Mechanical Equipment guys, who I, I won't I won't bother naming them here. They're in there. You can look them up if you need to. Aw, oh,
3: I imagine one of them, like, I can't wait till they mention me in minute 120.
2: <laughs> if you are one of the Special Mechanical Equipment engineers from Star Wars, call us at 8-Day Greedo, and we'll, we'd love to have you on the show. I'm sorry I snubbed you.
4: There's a lot of good names in this crawl, though.
2: That's true. There are,
4: uh, you know, but I think uh, third or fourth down from the when we started, there's a uh, Ron Beck. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm not, uh, not mistaken, I, I mistook it as Broadbeck, former uh, baseball closer who died of an overdose of drugs. Um, <laughs> but I'm surely he did not work on Star Wars. It's probably his brother.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas
4: uh, it's him. It's him without a
2: mustache. Right. It's his evil twin.
4: This is evil twin. <clears throat> uh, or well, not evil twin.
2: We also have, uh, the still photographer is uh, Chief Justice John Jay. (laughs) It's good to see he's still getting work.
3: Uh, One name that stood out to me was a stop-motion animation guy, Phil Tippett. And I remember because he, uh, I definitely remember seeing him in the other, in the makings of both Empire and Return of the Jedi. He, uh, I mostly remember him from the Return of the Jedi uh, making of where he did the Rancor. Uh, Originally, the Rancor was going to be full stop motion animation but I think they didn't have time so then they tried a guy in a suit and that looked kind of fake so they just kind of went with the puppet that uh, is in the movie so uh, Phil Tippett ladies and gentlemen
2: we also have a great uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite credits the, the thing to be credited for you know if I ever get to uh, you know work on a film this is a, a credit to aspire to is uh, Ralph McQuarrie gets planet and satellite artist <laughs>
4: What does that mean? Satellite artist? I don't know. exactly. satellite artist. I think it's got to be moon. It's got to be like Yavin artist or something like that.
2: It's oh, so like natural satellites, not not like Sputnik or anything.
4: I didn't see many Sputniks in that movie, actually. No. It was originally just planet.
3: Uh, what is he? Planet artist?
2: Yes, planet and satellite artist.
3: So originally it was planet, and then like some nerd was like, well, technically Yavin 4 is a moon, not a planet, so they <laughs> had to put it in satellite. <laughs>
2: And it was after they had the credits all done and somebody made that point. So they were like, Yeah, ah, I have to go redo the whole thing.
3: And then they had to come up with a new title, uh, credit nitpicker. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Beck.
2: <laughs>
4: you know, I mean, actually watching I haven't watched this credit over and over again. I kept hoping that, you know, like a Zucker and Abrams were kinda gonna step in here and and actually just put in like, you know, Mr. Scrooge, Mr. Magoo, something like that. <laughs> just insert here, insert joke here.
2: Fake shemp. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs>
4: are you guys in
3: general people who stick? I know everyone wants to. Well, actually, are you guys the type of people who stick around to the end of a credits segment generally? Yes.
2: I really. most definitely am.
3: Yeah.
4: Ah. I if I sure hate I, the movie, I'll I'll walk out about right as soon as the music goes on. But that's about it.
2: Yeah. If if I enjoyed it even even moderately, I will definitely watch. Uh, you know, it's getting tougher as you know more and more people get credited. You have entire teams working on. You know all the vis- visual effects guys now. The credits go on for like twenty minutes, but uh, but I don't know. For some reason, that's the way that I was raised to stay through the credits.
3: <laughs> it's like, damn it, that's too way. He <laughs> <kidding me." laughs>
4: tried walking out on the credits once, and Mom spanked him.
3: <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who, once I see that first credit, I'm up and out of my seat. Unless there's something entertaining me, unless Dom DeLuise is being slapped, I'm getting <laughs> out of it. that seat quickly well, as quickly
4: as possible. And you know, especially with something like Star Wars, which has like an orchestral score, if I dig the music, that, that makes it, you know, that much more enjoyable. Sometimes I like to bask in the glow of the screen. That sounds kind of creepy. But um, I do like the fact that, you know, I'm the, like everybody else is kind of, you know, peeled out, but I'm still sitting there and I'm kind of like reassessing my thoughts on the movie. Um, especially again, like Pete said, if I like it, I really want to stick around and kind of, um, gather myself you know what i mean
3: you want to roll your eyes and huff when i'm trying to get out of the aisle and you have to stand
4: no 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 not at all actually i'm glad you're leaving
3: (laughs) (laughs) that only increases your nerd credibility by you it only
4: you know it's like usually me whoever i'm seeing the movie with and like three of our closest pals by that point
2: yeah i love you get when you get to the point where you like you stand up and you turn around and there's like you know, two other scratchy guys in the back that are sitting yep. there, too, and that's it. And it's just like you and those guys in the theater. And you have
4: know? a bond. Yeah. Totally got a bond.
2: And then there's the guys with the broom and the dustpan who are just like, oh, come on. <laughs> they
4: totally are. Huffing. But at least these days, that, that's their opportunity to check their cell phones.
2: Right.
3: I don't even stick around to see uh, Samuel Jackson talk to people anymore because I'm like, <laughs> I just can just go home and watch this on YouTube. You know what I
4: mean? <laughs>
3: so, uh, sorry, guys.
2: Wow. All right. So next time we go to the movies, you're sitting on the end.
3: <laughs> yes <laughs> I'll meet you out by the bathroom
4: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned earlier too about um, these days the, with the teams and you know going through the credits again you look at Star Wars in particular and how few people actually did this you know um, and it's that much more remarkable you know you get to uh, uh, Dan O'Bannon and Don Trumbull who did like camera work and multiple Oscars but then like they're the only ones in that department you know
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. And Dennis Muren too I mean that's like he's gigantic in you know, in special effects. he's got one credit for like an entire department. It's really just him.
2: yeah, I'm glad you brought up Dan O'Bannon, because that was also one of my other notes. His official credit is computer animation and graphic displays, so all those kind of like with with uh, it, if
4: you know five other guys, and that's it.
2: yeah, yeah you know, these we,
4: days a movie could have three rows of credits for that kind of department. And go the scroll the scroll is a you know five, five seconds long.
2: Um, for listeners who don't know, Dan O'Bannon is uh, or was—he passed away a couple of years ago—but uh, he also, you know, he, screenwriter wrote *Aliens* and *Total Recall* and uh, parts of *Heavy Metal*. He also made uh, *Dark Star*, uh, and mm-hmm. was in it. Was was Pinback in *Dark Star*?
3: *Dark Star* from *Spaceballs*?
2: No, *Dark Star* the, no. the movie. Oh, the okay. film *Dark Star*. Do you
3: mean *Dark Helmet* from *Spaceballs*? <laughs> Isn't that Han Solo's name, *Dark Star* in it? Right
2: <laughs> I think it's Biggs's last name. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to talk us in a circle. No, it's Lone Star. I just re- I just realized that it's Lone Star.
3: Oh, I was combining right? Dark Helmet with right. Lone Star. Lone Star. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't see you playing with your dolls again, sir.
3: <laughs> I uh, can't believe that's only the second spaceball reference, as far as I can recall, on the
2: that's entire. That's funny. Show.
4: I'm surprised. Who else? Who else brought that out?
2: Uh, Adam brought up that he he saw that before he saw oh Star my Wars. God.
4: Oh my goodness. I couldn't imagine.
3: <laughs> I saw airplane before I saw airport 77. <laughs>
4: I think that's a natural progression.
3: Actually. I have to see- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we got off kind of easy because uh, I think what, we have like only three or four minutes of credits. I'm sure the people who did like we're going to wind up doing Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Dead Man's Chest are going to have like 25 minutes of credits. to. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, whoever does Lord of the Rings minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're gonna be there for days and days.
4: Also, you have days. to listen to music. You know, like one or two of those songs just need to go. You know, the first time you hear it, it's okay. You know, it's on. I like the Enya one, and then after everything else, I'm just like,
2: I oh. uh, See, so that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, they have to sit through that Enya one.
4: I like the Enya. One. I like Enya. I'm not afraid to admit it, man.
2: <laughs> write that down, Jeff likes Enya. <laughs>
4: Actually, you know what's funny? Oh, just uh, if I could bring it up real quick, we were talking about Dennis Muren. Oh, we didn't really kind of give Dennis Muren the play that he kind of deserved, um, who's, you know, a huge, like eight Oscars, worked on every movie you could possibly think of that you liked from the 80s to like, I mean, Jurassic Park, he was like the major uh, effects guy for that. Um, and uh, did you, I, I an interesting note, I actually found out today You know, remember on the scene in Raiders when they're getting on, when Indy's like dressed in a suit and he gets on the plane um, and then they offer him a martini and he declines and he just wants to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know Tote, who's behind him reading Life magazine and is only shot from the nose up because the magazine's kind of, he's in disguise?
2: Right.
4: That's not the guy who played Tote. That's Dennis Murin. Huh. Wow. He, He was Dead, uh, Tote was feeling bad that day, but they needed to shoot this thing, so they just, the Muren's forehead looked just enough like Tote's <laughs> to actually just uh, make and put him in that scene. Shades of Ed Wood. Yeah.
2: Just going up with a magazine, <laughs> holding it over people's faces to be like, all right, you'll, yeah, you'll do. You'll do. It. You'll do.
3: <laughs> oh, now I want to do Raiders of the Lost Ark minute.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That As far as all the, uh, you know, minute-by-minute minute ideas we've come up with, that one is not... Uh, that one is probably the best. It's probably the most tolerable.
4: Yeah. Whatever what some of the other ideas you guys have.
2: Well, anytime something comes up, we keep joking about it. Uh, the, t- the two that I remember Alex balking at were uh, uh, MASH Minute, and uh, what was the other? There's another one that was, you instantly were just like, no.
4: And that could be a lot of things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> could have been really any movie. <laughs> Up to an UHF
4: minute, I would actually want to do that. Would be great. Oh, nice, I don't right? Know, there, would, Jeff there's
2: got to be a few be minutes in there that might be uh, slow, but you know.
3: We've also had a surprising number of people tell us basically that they were going to steal the blank minute format from us. And
2: uh... well, I think as long as they tell us, then they're not stealing it.
4: Yeah. Well, no, kind of no, no, good ideas isn't worth uh, just ripping off, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Who are those Since guys? In the form of flattery. I almost said Flannery for some reason. It's <laughs> <laughs> the uh, form of Sean Patrick Flannery.
3: <laughs> who are those guys to make a profit off of other people's
2: ideas? <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <clears throat> yes. Um, who else do we have in here? We have uh, second unit makeup, Rick Baker. Rick Baker, creature maker, who went on to do a lot of uh, horror movies and stuff like that. He did some of the Cantina Masks. Uh, and I think using a lot of horror movie stuff that he had around. He made like the werewolves and devils and kind of the, I think scary he did the
4: alien ones. the alien guys arguing with each other too. Yeah. I remember that from like a making of like he just being around that area uh touch up their makeup.
2: Right.
3: Uh Rick Baker also did uh the King Kong. He did the King Kong puppet in the Terrible Dino Dino, Dino De Laurentiis remake. Hmm. So uh which was quite uh thing i mean the puppet was considered good at the time the movie was terrible but uh i've never seen a gorilla puppet that looked like a real gorilla they always look like puppets
2: hmm.
3: uh, but i think that's true for most whenever you're trying to recreate a thing that people a live thing that people are familiar with it's it's really tough to do even like cats and dogs and stuff they always have a kind of puppety feeling to them that's just that certain puppety feeling
1: <laughs> you
4: need suits. If had Planet of the Apes or Two Thousand One have told us taught us anything, you need suits to do an Ape can't do it with puppets.
3: Well, but it's not even. But see, the apes in Two Thousand One don't look like they look like they're, they're not. They're supposed to be kind of like early humans. They don't look like ape apes. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. <laughs> I could do a Planet of the Apes
2: minute. Mm. All right, write it down. of the apes.
4: Mm. <laughs> Beneath the original of, one, the, not the... Uh, which, oh, come on. I love Beneath.
2: <laughs> no, as we start, we have to do all five.
4: Uh, oh, God. Forget that.
3: <laughs> well, there's more than five if you count the Marky Mark version and then the James Franco version, the Frankie know. Franco version.
4: I think in one of them, there's something like 45 minutes of just chasing, like humans chasing apes. So you wouldn't want to... That would just be boring as hell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Battle is just one... It's as advertised. It's, it's just one huge fight scene.
4: Yeah. Well, we're getting, off the, we're getting slightly off the track. Slightly? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. You call that slightly?
4: Anybody want to talk about the music in the credits? I knew you guys were going to give me the, the romance music. Ah, <laughs> <Aww. laughs>
2: That was intentional. We were trying to send a message.
4: Oh. oh. Is there any particular mu-
3: music that you would prefer to have discussed? What was your favorite no. music in the film? I-
4: no, no. I mean, my favorite music in the film, well, you know, it's funny right at the end of these credits, we're kind of getting up to it. And I love, um, much like other, uh, John Williams bits where like, um, that are uh, violins kind of stroking into the, into the, the big bombastic regular theme. I really dig that. Um, this, you know, uh, is the, the princess Leia, you know, Luke romance, concerto, whatever it is. And, uh, Uh, it's I don't know it's just it's always been like my least favorite part of the the music of the first
2: movie
4: Hmm. um especially considering in retrospect you know that that, that's that romance should not I don't know I like I prefer it when I was a kid I was like yeah go get it Luke you know but now (laughs) it's been ruined by by history um
2: you have that shirt that says go get it Luke
4: Go get it, Luke. No, you know, I just like—I really dug. I always one of my favorite scenes ever because I wanted to be Luke so badly when I was a kid was the um, the swing um, from from one platform to the other, and then you know just the kiss before. I really dug that. And then um, I I just think that that romance and that music that runs during the credits that kind of goes over that romance. I think they they never should have kind of messed with that, you know, in later movies. I like the triangle of the second movie. And then this just kind of... This music's also... I don't know, I think if it's just meant to be the Princess Leia theme, it's a little too weak for her. You mm. know, I know what it's trying to evoke in terms of like the old-time damsel in distress kind of music, but at the same time, it doesn't really kind of suit Princess Leia.
3: You wanted something a little bit more sassy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, she is sassy.
2: Do you think that John Williams had big plans for the kind of Luke and Leia theme. He's like, oh, this, is, <laughs> like this is great because it'll evolve. And like, he had the big kind of like, you know, when we do the next movie, when it, it'll be a big, you know, like overture thing. And then, you know, George was just like, oh, actually she's uh, his brother. And then it's just like, he just had to throw that out the window and come up with that uh, awesome <laughs> Han and Leia music.
4: Wait, actually, <laughs> the, I, the Han and Leia music kind of is a spin on this a little bit too. I guess
3: that's just their general romance theme. Between uh, R2 and C-3PO and Han and Leia. And... <laughs>
2: right. Owen and Shachi.
4: Right. Maybe I'm reading too much into the, into the witch romance. <laughs> it's interesting. If
3: Do, do you think if – suppose George Lucas made Star Wars and never went back to it and then like 20 years later, they're like, we got to do a, a sequel to Star Wars. I guess I imagine they probably would have had Luke and Leia wind up together. Because there's, there's certainly not very much in that movie that would make you think that she'd wind up with uh, that scoundrel Han Solo,
2: right?
4: Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, there's the scene you know when they're waiting before uh, the uh, Falcon gets tracked and attacked, where he kind of you know you, you there's a couple of looks he gives that where he's just like, yeah, she's pretty awesome, you know. The still, she's got a little spirit, you know.
3: Yeah, but I don't think there's anything that would have made you think that the hero of the movie would not wind up with the girl. I mean, They might
2: have... Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely interested, but they don't... uh, You know, she never kisses him for luck.
3: (laughs) That we see on screen, at least.
2: Right.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I I think... um, I, I know a lot of the romance for the second movie kind of evolved with them as, like... I mean, having read a couple of books throughout the years, they just... The cast and how they got along too, you know what I mean? Um, I think uh, when they brought Lara- Lawrence Kasdan on for the later movies, he was just, well, Luke's kind of a dork, so he doesn't get the girl, <laughs> you know? I think that's very much a Kazan move.
2: Yeah.
3: Huh. Well, I also think it's a matter of, it might be a matter of Han kind of being a much more flawed guy is a much more interesting character, whereas Luke... You know he's kind of whiny, and then once he starts being a Jedi, he can't. He he doesn't really have a lot of room to be kind of like, uh, you know, human. You know what I mean? He's just kind of he almost becomes like a monk type character, and it's tough to for regular people to relate to that. So Han Solo is kind of like you know everyone wants to be Han Solo. No one's like, wow, I really I would love to devote I would love to spend time having a puppet teach me about Eastern philosophy, but you know, <laughs> everyone wants to drive a cool car and hang out with a cool dog. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Actually, the first movie I wanted to be Luke so badly, and then I didn't, and you know, in subsequent movies. But I, you know, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. You know, I had like a big wheel, uh, big wheel thing that I thought was my like my X-wing. You know,
2: uh, that's funny because I used to ride around on a tricycle pretending I was Gold Leader. No.
4: <laughs> really?
2: No, that's false. Oh, <laughs> it would explain a lot. But on <laughs> your
4: yellow tricycle, yeah. <laughs> I did not yellow. But my, my big wheel rig was, uh, was yellow.
2: Oh, there you go. So you're a gold squadron. You just didn't even know it.
4: Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, it has those two wheels channeling the back. It's more like a Y-wing. Yeah. And the Same. next wing, you know.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again.
3: movie memory minute and uh you care to share any particular memories of seeing star wars as a young child or any special
4: viewings that you fondly
3: recall or not fondly recall
4: i'm good i mean there's just so many um i would think i don't know like i first watched star wars when i was well i was in my mother's womb um (laughs) (laughs) it was it came out when i when my mom was uh pregnant with me so i remember actually i was that was the first time i suppose i i didn't necessarily see it with my eyes i heard it you know um that's probably why the music made such an impression yeah <laughs> she stuck around through the
2: credits <laughs> <laughs> um, you came out the- humming that
4: <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i i grew up watching it um we had a babysitter somewhere around like 81 i think also it was re-released and we saw it with uh, with empire i think at the end of empire's run in the theater it was is re-released so we saw both and then like it ran on hbo which my babysitter had like constantly like hmm. one showing after another after another but then it'd be interrupted with uh clash of the titans and flash gordon <laughs> so it's like just those three movies just every single day like one viewing of each at least you know um for like a year that's what i remember or seemingly a year Um, but I,
2: you know,
3: clash of the Titans a minute. That would be fantastic.
2: The original, not the, uh, I don't know.
3: I want, I watched clash of the Titans recently and there's a lot of long stretches where nothing's going
4: on in that movie. Yeah. It is still really great for the moments that are really great.
2: It's slower than I remember. We, you know, we can do clash of the Titans five minutes or so, you know, (laughs) break it down into slightly bigger chunks, but
3: maybe someone could do a fan edit, edit it down to a tight hour. Right. That, that would be a great movie. But anyway, back to your movie memories.
4: So <laughs> class yeah, the it was, it, class of the Titans, Flash Gordon, Star Wars. Every every afternoon, every day for what seemed to me like a year, and just I I latched on to Star Wars. I like I knew it. I had memorized by the time I was at least like five. Hmm. I knew like every line, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, it would be interesting if we could somehow calculate the amount of uh, you know, conversations that we've had that consisted largely of Star Wars quotes and or references. <laughs> like a decent percentage of our conversations that we've had in life have been either directly taken from, or at least skirting around and referring to paraphrasing star Wars, this minute included this episode included, not this minute of film. We don't, <laughs> don't reference the credits very often.
4: Yeah. Um, It'll yeah. I, how many times, yeah, That. that's just how much time, uh, you know, devoted to actually watching this thing too. It's even more, if you can imagine that. Um, <laughs> Which you know, I think it's a good bang for my buck. You know, any favorite toys?
2: Well, you know, oh, famously we brought
4: you guys brought it up yeah. know, with my with my escape pod earlier.
2: Jeff Long is the uh, famously Jeff is the one who used the uh, escape pod from the the Jawa Sandcrawler playset to brush his teeth.
4: Yeah, well, I didn't brush my teeth with the escape pod because well. it was very painful <laughs> on the gums.
2: You tried it once, <laughs> You were like you know, you
4: know what? No, I used to. Yeah, I used to leave my toothbrushes in the in the thing in the in the bathroom, and then I, you know, rinse with the water drawn up from the tap into my escape pod. But I had a, I was like seven. I was in second grade, and I was, I was awful. I just like my my um, conduct just deteriorated. I was like a narrative well. well, um, and I was very. Um, I do know. It was weird. I was like very into girls at that time. I was like into like trying to get them to make out and hang around and just, you know, it was very, it was very odd. I was like, I had no latency period, you know? Um, but I, I was, I got like a D in conduct and uh, my mom was told by my babysitter, like, you've got to punish him this time. This is this, you've got to stick with this because um, she was like this, you know, Irish immigrant, uh, strict, you know, I'll, I'll put soap in your mouth kind of uh, woman. And then she told my mother to take away my favorite toy. And we get back to my apartment after this. And, like, you know, I got my butt kicked going up the street. And then we get to my apartment and uh, I, she's like, now go get me your favorite toy and i brought back i don't know what it was it was something like an x-wing fighter or some nonsense that i never played with and uh and my brother said like that's not his favorite toy this <laughs> is his favorite toy and he, i wanted to his be toothbrush a toothbrush holder no it was the millennium vulcan <laughs> and it was the nearest and dearest thing to my heart you know uh, it was oh god i love this toy and my mother just yanked it away and put it up with like like a high place in a in a in a closet for me to like stare at for years. And I never, it didn't get taken down for like six years. Wow. Um, it didn't learn me any good. I'll tell you. I <laughs> I, I, was, I was still a horrible human being. Um, but I just, I opened the closet every now and then to stare at this thing, you know? I want to play with that. But, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? <clears throat> Does, do you still have this Falcon? No. This Falcon that you speak of is not in my possession.
2: <laughs> it's not one of the ones that I. Uh, infamously threw out I did not throw out your Millennium Falcon. I threw out two of my own Millennium Falcons. We, we covered oh, that in I, an earlier episode, right? Yeah, threw yeah, out, yeah. I threw out two Millennium Falcons in the same uh, you know dumpster at the same time in, a, in a, a panicky move from one apartment to another. Was
4: it traumatic?
2: Uh, no, I, I, it was... Uh, it it was, was a choice. Yeah, it was like, you know what? I don't need those. And I threw them out.
3: <laughs> and that cut to like six hours later at three o'clock in the morning you're like digging through the dumpster trying to <laughs> trying to find it
2: cut to years later I'm doing a minute by minute podcast about Star Wars because <laughs> obviously I couldn't break away that that much
3: well alright anything else
4: for this particular minute guys uh no.
2: that was all I had
4: i that's what I got you know I'm, I'm, I had a great time and I'm I'm glad we talked we discussed who we discussed and what we discussed and- yeah I thought that was pretty cool and uh especially for credits, we got the we got a good aside from the cast we got a good bunch of the behind the scenes people who really made
2: it happen. yeah, this' is kind of the heart of the team here.
4: Well,
3: I want to remind everyone to follow us on the Twitter, follow us on the Facebook and don't forget December eleventh New York City mark your calendars. we're doing the Star Wars the very special Star Wars Minute Star Wars holiday special special live. So is that
4: the actual proper title of this thing?
2: That is the full name.
4: That is fantastic.
3: (laughs) So uh, go to StarWarsMinute.com and click on the live tab for all the information about this one-of-a-kind event, which we will be doing.
2: Definitely one-of-a-kind.
3: And uh, we'll see everyone for the penultimate Star Wars
2: Wars Minute.